A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. After three months, we set sail on a ship that had wintered at the island of Malta. It was an Alexandrian ship with the Discori as its figurehead. We put in at Syracuse and stayed, three, and stayed there three days. And from there, we sailed round the coast and arrived at Regium. After a day, a south wind came up, and in two days we, we reached Pituli. There we found some brothers and were urged to stay with them for seven days. And thus we came to Rome. The brothers from there heard about us and came as far as the Forum of Appius and three taverns to meet us. On seeing them, Paul gave thanks to God and took courage. When he entered Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with the soldier who was guarding him. He remained for two full years in his lodgings. He received all who came to him, and with complete assurance and without hindrance, he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. Trumpets and the 
After the crowd had eaten their fill, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and precede him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. At once Jesus spoke to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, come, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, <coughs> he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. First, we welcome our concelebrant today, Father Leonard, who is from South Sudan, and he's here in the States to uh, study canon law, which is not easy. So uh, I'm sure he would appreciate any prayers that you would have uh, to offer for him. Today, the church celebrates the feast of the dedication of the basilicas of Saints Peter and Paul. And Saint Augustine has this to say about naming church buildings after martyrs. He says, we do not build churches or appoint priesthoods, sacred rites, and sacrifices to the martyrs, because not the martyrs, but the God of the martyrs is our God. Who among the faithful ever heard a priest standing at the altar set up over the body of a martyr to the honor and worship of God say in praying, we offer up sacrifices to thee, Peter, or Paul, or Cyprian. We do not build churches to martyrs as to gods, but as memorials to men departed this life, whose souls live with God. Nor do we make altars to sacrifice on them to the martyrs, but to their God and our God. Now Augustine's explanation here is in line with the ancient liturgical practice of the veneration of relics and the building of altars over the remains of martyrs. And there are some non-Catholics who may take issue with this practice, 
But the fact is that it was practiced rightly in the early church, since the early times. When Augustine's statement is juxtaposed with the ancient Roman and Greek custom of building temples dedicated to their pagan gods, it's clear that the church is not doing the same thing as the pagans. Church buildings are not dedicated to the martyr so that we might worship them, but so that we might honor them, so that we might honor God who worked for their salvation. It is argued by some, including atheists, that Christians merely adopt and enculturate pagan customs into their own culture. And although there is some truth to the practice of enculturation, Catholicism never incorporates pagan elements that are idolatrous in nature. The Catholic Church does not simply take any pagan elements from their religions and just dub them Catholic. That's not the way it works. Any elements derived from paganism are purified of idolatry and are ordered toward the worship of the one true God, the Blessed Trinity. And so enculturation is always carried out in a way that is consistent with sacred scripture and sacred tradition. And it is meant to assist those who are outside of the church to assimilate into the church. In a rightly ordered Catholic worship, we worship the one true God and we honor the martyrs and the saints, those who have rendered the most perfect worship to God through their lives of virtue and through the shedding of their blood for the sake of Christ. We honor them with buildings that carry their name and we ask their gracious intercession we venerate them not as gods, but as exemplars of the faith. And today's feast is especially significant as we celebrate the dedication of the two basilicas named after Peter, the apostle to the Jews, and Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles. It is especially fitting that the church should give due honor to these men for the work that the Lord accomplished through them in establishing and building up his church. They served Christ by means of their preaching, their writings, <coughs> and the shedding of their blood. <coughs> Rome is regarded as the earthly center of Catholicism, since it is the location of the chair of St. Peter, and it is the land that absorbed the blood of these two martyrs and foundation stones of the church. And these physical buildings, these physical basilicas, which were constructed in the early fourth century during the reign of the Roman emperor, Constantine, are visual representations of the, of a, of the everlasting foundation of the church, which enjoys the unfailing promise of Christ that the gates of hell will not prevail against her. Despite the many hardships, trials, difficulties, and sufferings that she faces throughout the centuries. The church will remain firm because Christ, her head, has firmly established her upon the rock, St. Peter, and the apostolic witness of St. Paul, 
both of whom shed their blood for the sake of the growth and the preservation of the church. <laughs> 